And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Christian Pulisic created a stir with his post-game comments after the U.S. national team's friendly against Morocco last week on allocation disorder. Sam Stasekel and Felipe Cardenas discuss those comments, the context behind them, and much more. And yes, this happened last week, but I still think it's a very interesting discussion, so we're playing it today. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Thursday, June 9th. Christian Pulisic, uh, you know, kind of did a flash interview after the game with ESPN, uh, was asked about, hey, how does it feel to be back playing in the States? You know, it's been a while since since your last game here, a few months, two months, I guess, anyway. Um, and he gave an answer that a lot of people would say got fired up about. It, it, it created a reaction. <laughs> um, and he said that, you know, he was happy to be back, but for whatever reason, quote, I'm not super happy with the amount of Americans here. However, that works out, if I'm being completely honest. But thanks to the ones who did come, and the support is always great from them. Uh, he was referring to the crowd in Cincinnati, uh, which was 19,000 or so, Plus. closer to 20,000 in a 26,000-seat stadium. And it was a lot of Morocco fans. Being there in the crowd, uh, the Morocco fans you know, were making a ton of noise particularly before the game. Uh, the national anthem for them was, was really cool. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I got pretty fired up as, as it was ending. Um, but, you know, so so Felicic caught some flack for this for, I think, a few different reasons. Um, some saw it as a critique of the American, of the U.S. national team fan. Um, some, some people pointed out, hey, a lot of those Moroccans are Americans or a lot of those Moroccan fans are Americans. So kind of an unfortunate word choice there. Uh, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to extend some grace to Pulisic on that front. I think we know what he, what he was trying to say in terms of he wishing more, there, there were more USMNT supporters in the stadium. Um, and then US soccer catching flack as well for an expensive friendly match in a city and state where they've been a lot over the last seven months. So maybe a little bit of fatigue in terms of the national team. Um, Felipe, what did you make of these comments? What did you make of the reaction to them? I mean, I don't think it was a great take by Christian Pulisic. And you mentioned that the word choice just didn't help him out. You know, I, I it, doing it immediately after a game in that sort of flash interview was a choice, to be honest with you. Um, and, and listen, I, I think what he says, Americans... Uh, this is what I think he's referring to. He's looking up at the stands during the game, doesn't see a full stadium. To your point, probably sees a lot of Moroccan fans, a lot of Moroccan flags, which the Moroccan fans in Cincinnati or probably the Ohio area or even just in the Midwest were probably incredibly fired up to see their national team and travel to that stadium you know, to get there. Um, and so 
this is what happens when the U.S. plays international friendlies in the U.S. Like the 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 whoever the opposing team is going to be, they're going to travel. They're going to make their presence felt. And Christian Pulisic, as the figurehead and the face of U.S. soccer, needs to measure his words a little bit better. Be a little bit tighter with your statements because it was misinterpreted, and that's on him. That's not on the public. In, in how we're reading this, uh, he opened himself up that way, and 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 that's what happens. I think it was just poor word choice, and he. I think he'll learn from this. He's still a young player with a lot of responsibility, public responsibility. But knowing what we know as as people that cover the, the team and sort of and and all of the not even flag, it's criticism about where the U.S. plays, the sort of fans that they're attracting to the matches, the fans that they're not wanting to attract to certain matches. And then the captain of the team comes out and says this, and it just sounds like there's actual some intent in, hey, we don't want to see the oppo- our oppo- as many opposing fans as we have at these stadiums. And so he'll learn. I think he'll learn. I don't think it was a good take, but I understand where he was coming from. So I want to... I agree with you on the word choice aspect of it, you know, and I think Pulisic, if he could take that back and say USMNT fans instead of Americans, I'm sure he would. Like, I don't think there was yes. any malintent there. Yeah. So like I said, I think I'm willing to extend some grace there, but may- maybe that's a little too kind of me, perhaps. I don't know. Um, regardless, I want to focus on the last thing you said, because if I was trying to put myself in the, in the shoes of a player on the team last night, and I was looking around the stadium before the game and during the game, and if I was a player on the team, I'd be like, damn, we just qualified for the World Cup. We're going off in less than six months. We only have three home games left here before that because the September window we're going to be playing overseas. And this is the crowd? Like, that would be disappointing to me if I was a player. And I think that's reasonable. No, I, I agree. And I, I, I told this to you after the, after, you know, before we recorded, we don't know this. We're speculating as, as Zoran Kurnetta would say, we're speculating. <laughs> <laughs> More on that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but it just, it seemed like it probably only, this is my opinion again, that it like only bothered Christian Pulisic. It probably yeah. bothered other players in that, like they want to see a, a, row, a rowdy crowd, but Okay, this is the this is the United States Christian Pulisic. It's still not the most popular sport in the world. The the stories that we put out on the Athletic go to the comment section. There are literally people like I live in Cincinnati. I didn't know this game was go- was happening. Uh, I can guarantee you, the Moroccan fans in Ohio knew exactly when this game was taking place. And it's different. It's a different culture, you know. And so, the last time I remember a U.S. team being or a U.S. game being rowdy and loud was in Cincinnati for that Mexico game. A game that Orlando and against Panama. Perhaps again I wasn't there. I wasn't yeah. there, but th- a game with a lot of stakes, high stakes. This was not a high stakes game. And yeah. So it's, it's not different. going to get It's different for a friendly. For it's sure. not going to get that vibe and this wasn't a send-off tour. I think if anything if we're really going to just open up the box here, you know, it's 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 it's, it's it, we're in this we're nearing the summer. But the World Cup starts in the winter. Yeah, it's kind and of awkward. So, so there's yeah. no. Typically, this would be a send-off tour. There's probably going to be more marketing around it, more efforts to do activations to get the fans involved. Naturally, none more of hype. that's. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah, but none of that Just is with happening. The World Cup being none of that's closer. happening. And and Sam, I'll ask you. You know, 
one of the last comments that I read before I came on was someone saying, hey, we didn't even qualify for the last World Cup. So I think there are still fans that are coming back. Sam, there's, they're coming back to this team. No, they're no, like, show fair. me something. That's show fair. me something. So I think that's um, a, lot of, a lot to dissect. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think part of this is just, I think a lot of this is just fatigue in market. This is the fourth time the U.S. has played in Ohio since October. Yeah. You know, two in Cincinnati, two in Columbus. And, and so... Like you've sort of tapped out the fan base here. Yeah. And and people aren't going to travel from all 50 states like they do for a qualifier for a friendly match, particularly one midweek. And that's understandable. And, and, and you know, the ticket prices are high. And that's yeah, another that's element another of this. There were $200 and, tickets for this game, by the way. Yeah. And, and so if you're trying to bring a family of four, that's that's a lot of money. You know, even if it's a sixty-five, seventy-dollar ticket, that's a lot of money you're spending, especially when you're accounting for parking and concessions and all of that stuff. So, I get why it wasn't a huge crowd. Um, at the same time, you know, Felipe, you mentioned this is the U.S. It's a different culture. It is, right? It's not that kind of soccer nation. But it isn't. you know, we hear it all the time from Greg Berhalter and some of the players. Their mission is to change the way the world perceives American soccer. <laughs> And part of that is changing the way Americans perceive American soccer. And so if the players and the guys on the team want to have higher expectations for the crowd, then maybe are even reasonable. Or if they don't understand the mitigating factors, I'm sort of okay with that. Like if I'm Christian Pulisic and I'm playing at Chelsea and I'm playing at Dortmund before that, and I'm playing in some of the biggest and best stadiums and atmospheres in the entire European continent, it's then, quite like, the come down. It's quite yeah, the come down. I, I want I want that rush to continue, right? And and I want that to to carry over to the US and you know, maybe raise the expectations a little bit, raise the standard. I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean, probably I, I talking why we're probably talking way too much about this because no. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> um but I think where the where the national team plays is I don't want to say a big deal, but it is it is always important. It's important in every country, Sam. Mexico, Colombia, Argentina. Every yeah. story in every country. It's like why why does Argentina only play at the Monumental? Why does Mexico only play at the Azteca? Travel, Canada, get them around the country. The yeah. same thing. And so yeah. to me, again, I don't know the logistics, or I'm not looking at any demographics, but like facilities are big facilities were a big one for this. And yeah, I feel like stories. if you want to attract a different fan base, the U.S., perhaps a Spanish language speaking, you know, Sp the Spanish speaking audience in the U.S. that you want to jump on this national team now and into the 2026 World Cup. This this would have been a great match to do that for in a diff different venue. Play in L.A., play in 
I don't yeah. know, play somewhere where you're going to get those fans that perhaps it isn't, oh, they're not playing Mexico. Okay, I'll wear my U.S. jersey or I'll take my sure. kids and, we'll, and we will cheer for the U.S. It was, in that sense, perhaps a missed opportunity. Yeah, um, travel considerations go into these things too. A lot of these guys were coming in Sunday um, after games. A lot of them coming in from Europe a little bit before that. You don't necessarily want to make them fly all the way Hakimi to the West Coast. had to take an Uber to this to his hotel, according to Taylor Twelman. That's crazy. Really? Yeah, that's that's kind of wild. I took an Uber to my hotel from the stadium last <laughs> night. So me and me and Akimi have that in common. Before we go, your TV guide for today, all times are Eastern. And just like pretty much every day so far this week, there is a lot of Nations League action happening both in Europe and in North America. All of the Nations League games today in Europe are taking place at 2.45 p.m. Four that I am identifying as potentially worth watching. Portugal versus Czech Republic, that is the game on Fox Sports 1. Switzerland versus Spain could also be a fun one. That's on Fubo Sports Network and VIX. And then on Fox Soccer Plus and VIX, Norway versus Slovenia, if you want to watch whatever Erling Holland has to say. 2.45 p.m. also, Sweden versus Serbia. Real knockdown dragout game that one could be. That one is on Fubo Sports Network. In the CONCACAF Nations League, there are a whole bunch of games, but the one I'm keeping an eye on is Canada versus Curaçao. That is at 10.30 p.m. on Paramount Plus and Tudene. Canada, of course, having just gone through uh, protests and negotiations and a dispute with its own federation, which Josh Cloak talked about earlier this week on the show. It'll be interesting to see what maybe statements they make during that game, uh, if anything. And barring that, it should just be a good game of soccer. Curacao, one of these fun up-and-coming teams in CONCACAF. Uh, Not right along with Canada, but they're fun. And Canada's a good team, too. Lastly, in the Argentine Primera División at 7 p.m., Newell's Old Boys versus San Lorenzo. Nice classic matchup there. That is on Paramount+. Plus. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.